Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. When we look at the word progressing, it can be defined as developing, advancing, excelling, and moving forward. The antithesis of progressing, or the opposite, is to regress, to decline, to fall apart, become stagnant and immobile. And we know that as a family, we want to be a developing family. It doesn't matter if you just got married. It doesn't matter if you're just now thinking about getting married. You've been married for 15, 20, 30 years. You still, we want to be, I know we want to be developing, constantly advancing, excelling, and moving forward. And not only do we want to be as a couple, but we want our children. We want Laid on down the road, our grandchildren. We want to know that they are developing and advancing and they are moving forward. We, we, we know that there are times when things do regress, when things are declining, it seems like families are falling apart, but we know that's not our desired result. Our desired result is to be a progressing Christian family. Christian meaning Christ-like. Um, knowing that all the family members are disciples of God, knowing that they are followers of God, not so much as thinking of, of their will, but thinking of his will, knowing that our family are members of people who are willing to deny themselves if they have to for the cause of Christ. Following him as described in Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26. If you turn your Bibles there with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24 through 26, which reads as follows. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it? To a man, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, the Son of Man will come in the glorious Father with his angels, then he will reward each according to his works. Let's look at that scripture a little closer. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires, the word desire, that means a strong wanting of something. You want something. It is a strong desire. It knows what it says. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny. Let him lose sight of his own personal interests. Let him forget his own interests himself and take up his cross and follow, accompany, and join me, me being Jesus. For whoever desires to save his life, it's always interesting. People always have a, a mindset that they can save their own life, that they don't need Jesus to save them, don't need Jesus to rescue them, don't need Jesus to deliver them, don't need Jesus to preserve them, and don't need Jesus to restore them. Which is sad in my opinion, because if you like me, you see how it is when you try to do it yourself. And those what it says, we'll lose it, going to be destroyed, going to be ruined and going to be abolished. 
But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Thank God that, listen, it's not just us find it, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, he finds it through us. You ever lose something, can't find it? If you didn't raise your hand, I know you ain't lived long enough yet. And don't you know, and thank God for Jesus helping you to find certain things. And you know how, how we look, the more important it is, the harder we look. See, if Jesus ain't important to you, you ain't going to look for it that hard. But if he's valuable to you, you're going to do what you got to do in order to find him. If you got to pull up couches, if you got to throw stuff to the side, if you got to mess the house up, if you got to pull cl- clothes out and look through pockets and whatever, you're going to do what you got to do to find Because Why? It's valuable to you. And don't be broke trying to find twenty dollars. Let me try. Let me try this side of the room over here. Cause I, y'all must never lose, never have to worry about money. But for, if you you got need twenty dollars and you can't find it, you will search for a minute. I mean, you'll stop searching, sit down and rest, and then you get back up. Oh, I thought it could might be over him. <laughs> and then you'll think about it again. You go to the car. You pull up cushion. Why? Cause you got to find it. And see, when you really want Jesus, you will find him. You'll find him. You'll find him in prayer. You'll find him in worship. You'll find him on a Tuesday morning. You'll find him in the car. You'll find him if you really want to find him. I'm sorry, I got a little sidetracked by that. And, but notice what it says here. Whosoever loses life for my sake will find it. But, but what profit is a man that if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will a man give that is changed for his soul? And when it comes to our family, I believe that many of us would want to be known as a progressing family. Now, we define family as a group of parents or, and or children living together as a unit. But if we take that definition a little bit further, especially in today's time, it could be compromised of a single person, a mother or father with their children, a husband and wife, a husband and wife with their children, step parents, blended families, Foster parents, adoptive parents, uncles raising children, aunts raising children, grandparents raising grandchildren, uh, grandchildren raising, or, or excuse me, helping raise their, or bring up or take care of their grandparents. Older siblings raising younger siblings, church family, Christian family. Family is broad when it comes to what we're looking at today. That's so true, Pastor. And- even with family, we know that family is close and family is tight, but families are made of individuals. And it goes back to that scripture about denying yourself because self-preservation will come into play no matter who you are. It doesn't mean it goes out of the door because you're dealing with your family. There's that desire to do what you want to do despite the fact it may or may not be good for your family. And so regardless of what the family structure um, that we have, we know without a doubt that we want our family reputation amongst our kinfolks to be, or our friends or our church family, we want to be known as a progressing family. In other words, when you think of the Smith family, you want to be thinking about a progressive family. You think about the Allen family, you want to be thinking about a family that's moving forward, not a family that's regressing or falling apart. And, and so that's so important because there's nothing like going to a Christmas function when all the family members come together. And you're trying to sit down and eat, and that one person say, well, how is so-and-so? And, and it looked like the, the dinner just go down another path. 
And you want to say, now, why they had to ask about so-and-so? We was about to eat the mac and cheese. Nah, we know that when it comes to reputation, we want to know that our families are doing well. And we want people to think of our families as doing well. But we know that it takes time. It takes love. It takes maturity, resources, and resources, and resources to advance and move forward a family, especially with such a wide range of family structures. The head of household has a huge responsibility. I appreciate these shoulders that carry that. I'm there to help, but I appreciate the shoulders that carry that responsibility. And they must consider many areas of need when it comes to the family and resources. they got to think about housing, safety, clothes, food, transportation, maintenance of transportation, car insurance, medical insurance, dental insurance, vision insurance, life insurance, utilities, phone for communication, not just for entertainment, educational opportunities, non-academic opportunities, emergency spending funds, Head of households have a lot to think about, and it's not to be taken lightly. And at times, we may prematurely enter into situations with lots of love and not have the maturity and have even fewer resources. And other times, we may have a situation where we have a lot of resources, but we still don't have the love and the maturity. And also, too, when you think about the responsibility of being the head of the household, it ain't no joke. In fact, you don't need to do this on your own. I, I recommend you get Jesus to help you along the way. Because uh, if not, you'll be unpacked up the grip and you'll be unleft. Because you say, I can't handle all this. They both crazy. They, every time I turn around, they want something. They did this. And somebody, you head a household, you need to do this. And head a household, you need to do that. And I'd be like, well, you know what? Hey, y'all can do all this by yourself. Y'all can do I just leave it right now. But Jesus will keep you. Thank you, Jesus. In the midst of being of those responsibilities. Keep my brother Don't away. even try to do this on your own. This is why people do uh, their or, uh, excuse me, resort back to alcoholism. They'll contemplate suicide. They will think about other means trying to handle this within their own ability because the responsibility, if you think about it, can be overwhelming. But that's why you need Jesus to help you. And scriptures like he will supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that God give you strength in the midst of what you're dealing with. And then be, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that too deep for y'all? Is that too, that too, I don't know, do I need to Honda that Shonda? Just tell me, I don't know. Well, how are we going to go on vacation this year? I don't know. Are we going? Yeah. But how are we going? I don't know. Why are you getting this car fixed? I don't know. Will God fix it? Yeah, he said he would. He said he'll supply the need according to the rich and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, how are you getting to work? I don't know. Why are we going to do it? God supply the need because that's who he is. God always go back and put the responsibility back on God because if you try to handle all this, if you try to handle all this, see, I don't want you to do that because I've seen too many brothers, especially our, our some men who's supposed to be head of household not taking the responsibility. And then they get mad thinking like, well, what, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, it's our responsibility, but yet we try to handle it on our own and not being mature enough to say, Jesus, I need your help. Or go to another brother. Hey, brother, how you handle all this stuff for him? Mm-hmm. 
How you handle getting everything fixed around the house and the plumbing and the electric bill being paid and getting the cars fixed and making sure groceries and then you got to be affectionate with one another. How we doing all that? How we going to be romancing and all that good stuff when I'm trying to make sure that, 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 that I'm working overtime because of she want me being home. But then how you going to get these bills paid when am I, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all, I guess I, I'm. Well, and that's, that's, that's very, very true when it comes to married couples. But sometimes that it's not a married couple. Sometimes it's a single parent household. Sometimes oh, it's yeah. grandparents raising grandkids. Yes. Sometimes it's foster parents. Sometimes. It is siblings trying to take care of of, of uh, each other's siblings. So family does not limit itself, and it would be ideal if it were always the merit, the husband and the wife. But in reality, those situations can come into play. So whether you're in a situation where you got lots of love, but you don't have a lot of maturity and even less fewer resources, or if you are in a situation where you got plenty of resources, but you don't have the love and maturity, in either scenario, if Jesus is not making the house a home, the family may find themselves seemingly progressing in one area with a clear regression in another area. And that's how we kind of get off balance sometimes because we may get a good job and we're making the money, but we're not speaking to each other when we bring the check home. Or we are in a situation where we're doing all kinds of things that show love and affection, but the lights ain't on. So you have to understand it takes the Lord Jesus Christ to balance that thing out because lots of love is good, but at some point you have to eat. Lots of resources is good, but at some point I need you to know I'm here. I need you to know I'm hurting. I need you to know that something is going on in my life. And so as as, as complicated as it may be, I, I do think, unfortunately, sometimes we end up in family situations that we're not quite ready for spiritually or naturally, and we really have to trust the Lord to help us to progress despite what we are dealing with. In other words, money sometimes will be flowing, but the spiritual and emotional side is regressing or falling apart. If it takes faith in God's word in order to progress despite trials, tribulations and hard times and we see in hebrews 11 and 6 pastor's gonna get there but we gotta have confidence in god and not so much as saying it with our mouths but it really has to be in our hearts and as we enter into relationships with with others we have to make sure that 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 god piece is in place i know i know brother look good i know sister fine but let me tell you at some point in in time that uh look good ain't gonna feed you and, and she might be fine, but at some point in time, that ain't going to keep them lights on. And so you have to know that God will give you balance. Having faith in him and have confidence in him and learning his word helps you to balance all of that. So God God will keep her looking good, keep him fine, whatever you want, but you still will be advancing. You still will be moving forward, not just one person, but collectively. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the reward of those who diligently seek him. Faith being trust and confidence in the one true God, conviction and persuasion in him. You got to have that conviction, and that, and that's so important. No matter what your situation is, you are a family, and you trust God to make the best of whatever that situation is, and to cause you to move forward despite the fact. 
You know, some things, sometimes things just happen. Divorce happens. Sometimes death happens. Some things, things can change that family structure up in such a way, like just like that. You were there together collectively, and then one moment, caring for someone who's ill, caring for someone that's elderly, it can change those dynamics. So today's text is so important because it provides spiritual and natural insight on how God will build our families and cause us to progress, cause us to advance, cause us to excel despite challenges, despite past mistakes and such like. And so we believe that God has given us three traits to share about a progressing Christian family. And a trait is a distinguishing quality or characteristics. Traits comes with attributes that makes a person or a group stand out. And we can recognize people by certain traits and indicators. Physical traits can point to a bloodline connection. Somebody maybe look alike. Spiritual traits can point to certain teachings and doctrines that are alike. In other words, they share the same doctrine or the same teaching. And today we want to explore family traits to indicate that a family that is moving forward, selling, progressing, and prospering. Traits don't tell they, they they don't lie, do they? You might know that pastor related to somebody in this building. I didn't get no amen. You might know that pastor got an offspring in this building that might look like him, right? But when it comes to family, there should be some indicators. That should be when it comes to a Christian family, we ought to see some traits. We ought to see some traits that look like Jesus, that look like the Father, that sounds like the Word, that is the Word. We want to be able to see those indicators. Because if not, we can let the world do whatever it wants to try to make our family. But we know that when God makes the family, he's going to stand by his Word. Trait number one, a progressive family hears and obeys the voice of the Lord in his written and reveal word. Let's go back to Genesis chapter um, 12 and look at verse 1. Genesis chapter 12 and looking at verse 1. This is a progressing family, a family that's excelling, a family that's moving forward. They're going to they gonna hear and obey the voice of the Lord in his written and revealed word. There ain't going to be no argument about that. It, it ain't going to be no, no, well, I don't know about this. Nah, what did the word say? Because that's what we're going to hear, and that's what we're going to operate in. Genesis 12 and 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. So we have to establish who is talking. We're, we're not just having this casual conversation. Now, we, we are delivering the word to you today, and that's a bit more formal, but we're not Jehovah. We just stand in the gap and speaking his word. We're not the all-existent one, the one true God, but Abraham is allowing us to be in on a conversation that he and the one true God is having. And the Lord is speaking to Abraham, and he's telling him to get out of your country. Of course, man, we believe that God's given us the ultimate responsibility of hearing from God. Uh, but he also gives us the grace to handle it. And let me say this to you. One of the number one people we want to have a good reputation with is God himself. He has to be the number one one. I mean, he has to be ultimate. My reputation may not be good with you, but it needs to be good with God. 
My reputation may not be good with some people that may not like me, but it needs to be good with God. In other words, God knows me as a person that when he needs somebody to pray, hey, let me call Dobbs. If I need somebody to worship, I need let me call them. If I need somebody to give, let me call them. Sad is when he needs somebody. Listen, the, you know what he said in scripture? Uh, I believe it's uh, John 4, 24. He's looking for somebody to worship. And what if he come to you and said, I'm still looking. I'm still looking. I need somebody to pray. They come to your house. I'm still looking. I need somebody to love somebody over here, to witness, to tell somebody about Jesus. When I get to you, I'm still looking. So we're going to be like Abraham. I don't want to be that individual. Yes, Lord. I don't want to be that individual. I don't believe it. So we talk about the responsibility. We want to be responsible for what God is doing. I also believe he gives grace and mercy to others that may find themselves showing the responsibility of being when the absent, when this absentee of the man. We see also, let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 18. Pastor, before you get that, I just want to note that when the Lord is speaking to Abram, he's speaking to him as head of household, right? He's speaking to him as a responsible one, not just head of household for income tax purposes. And we know tax season, you know, head of household, you know, you get a little extra change, you can make the, the deduction or not. But you know what head of household in one sense is. But he's speaking to him as head of household, as a person who's setting the vision for his family. And that's important. That's important because God has given that head of household that ultimate responsibility. And you can try to move forward, but if you don't have someone guiding you forward, you're not going to move. Can I, can I say that again? You can be trying to advance. You can be trying to break through. You can be trying to excel. But if that person who's supposed to be setting a vision for that household is stagnated and is immobile, you're not going anywhere. And so it's so important that we recognize in the text who God is talking to. He's not talking to Abram's wife at this point. He's speaking to Abram. He's giving Abram specific instructions. And he's telling him to get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. And we notice that God has a trend of speaking to head of household because what we're going to see in Genesis 2, 15 through 18 is that he spoke to Adam. Mm. E wasn't even on the scene, but he spoke to Adam. And so it's so imperative that I know that we appreciate men's ministry, and I know I definitely appreciate men's ministry. I appreciate women's ministry, but we want our men to be able to hear the voice of God. We want our men to be able to know his voice, to recognize his voice, to be able to move forward, because that wife can love you all day long, but if you're not going anywhere... I hate to say it, that wife is not going to go as far as where you're going. And, and here's the other part. You will make decisions that will cause the family to be stagnated. You will cause the family to be emotional. So it's so important to understand who God is talking to in this text so that you have that ear. Well, I don't have a, an Abram in my life. I'm head of household. Okay, well, he's talking to you now. Because you're setting a vision for that household. So whatever your family dynamic is, you have to see it as such. Genesis 2, 15 through 18. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. 
And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. And a closer look at that is the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend to it, to labor it, to work it, and to serve it, and also to keep it, to protect it, to observe it, and to watch over it. Uh, and then the Lord commanded man, saying, of every tree of the garden, the enclosed garden of plants, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge, of knowledge, knowledge of discernment, the understanding, the awareness of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper and assistant and support in times of hardship and distress as one who helps comparable to him. You know, that's a powerful text because here's God's having this conversation with Adam. And he said, Adam, I'm going to place you in this garden with two responsibilities. I want you to tend it and I want you to keep it. I want you to make sure you're working it, make sure you're serving it, make sure you're doing what needs to be done. But then I want you to keep it, protect it, Adam, watch it, observe it. Now that kind of takes some responsibility down off head of household there. He's like, can you uh, tend to the family and can you keep the family? But then he goes on to say, and he commanded the, the man, he told Adam, he says, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Notice the enclosed garden in the, the, he set boundaries. He said, okay, now in this area, you can eat. I don't care if they're pomegranates. I don't care if they're plums. I don't care if they're apples, if they're peaches. I don't care what the plants, if they're collards. I don't care what it is. In this area, these are your boundaries. You may freely eat. But this tree over here, don't, don't touch it. Because of good and evil, as surely as you eat of it, you're going to die. Notice the boundaries. And that's how head of household, you have to understand, God sets boundaries. And when we step out of those boundaries, we separate ourselves from what the will of God is for our lives. He said, uh, this Eve wasn't even on the scene. So since she hadn't even got there yet. He then says, it's not good that man should be alone. I've given him the instructions. He knows what he has to do. I've set the boundaries. And now I'm going to bring him some help on the scene. And she's going to be there to support him. She's going to love him. Good times, hard times. She's just going to be there to support him. That's her main responsibility. And I had to think about that. I said, sisters, could it be that we arrive on the scene before the brothers have heard the, the voice of the Lord? Could, could it be that we arrive on the scene before he understands what the voice is and how to hear it and obey it? And brothers could be that we're hearing so many voices from friends, the streets, social media, our own hurts, abandonment issues and pain that we can't hear God's voice because those voices are constantly screaming at us. We can see God's pattern speaking as head of household with Adam and Abraham, which I'm convinced he still does today as long as the man's in the proper place. The question would be, are we as head of household in the place to hear him or got the proper headspace to recognize his voice. And can we calm the voices to the point that Jehovah, the one true God, has the mic. And he is speaking through his written and revealed word.
That's good. Let's go back to Genesis 12 and 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. In other words, I need you to depart. I need you to go and I need you to grow. Get out of this place. Get out of this space of thinking. Get out of this mindset, if you will. And he says, from your family, from your kinfolks, and from your relatives. Now, we know, whether we want to admit it or not, our kinfolks help shape how we do family. Come on now. Whether it's how we cook in the kitchen, whether it's how we treat each other, whether it's how we love on each other, our kinfolks really and truly influence us sometimes more than what we realize. Sometimes I get in the mirror, I say, ooh, I am my mama's child. And then I look over in the corner, I say, ooh, that is her mama's child. Because that's, that, that's who we're around. That's, that's what we know. But he told him, he said, I need you to get out of that space. I need you to get out of that thinking. Because how I many you know also that everything that we learn from our family may not be scriptural. And so sometimes if we can't get past that, we're so busy listening to them, we can't hear God. And he says, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. He says, I'm going to appear to you. I'm going to approve this area I'm about to give you. I'm going to provide for you in this new space. Now, hearing a scripture like this to an immature person can make you go pack your bags, run from your parents' house with everything but your bag, and the person who chose to follow you, if someone made that scary move. And it's like that's from a mature standpoint to yeah. say that I'm able to hear God's voice through his written and revealed word. Let's go to Jeremiah 3 and 15. And that, that's the difference in hearing what that scripture said. Maturity says I need to get and hear the voice of God. Immaturity says I knew it. It's time for me to go. I'm out. You forgot about the resources that you needed and all that other stuff mm-hmm. to help you make that house a functioning home. Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding, who will feed you with information and the necessary skills you need in order to to prosper and have the understanding that you need, the insight, and also the prosperity that you need in order to progress as a progressive Christian, progressing Christian family. So Jeremiah um, 3 and 15 lets us know how significant the word of God is to us. And if we look in John 1 and 1, if you'll get that very quickly, it takes on a whole other meaning. In other words, the word is my lifeline. This is my God. This is my instruction. I may not be able to do all of it, but I need to keep hearing it because it's changing something in me. It may not change my situation, but it's changing something in me. And why is that so important? Well, John 1 and 1 lets us know that in the beginning was the Word. It was the teaching, the preaching, the saying, the doctrine of God. And the Word was with God. Now, we ain't talking about last week, last year. We said in the beginning. In other words, before time began to move forward, before there was an existence of time, there was the Word. And the Word was with God. And 1 and 1 lets us know, and the Word was God. And so we cannot not have an appetite for the word, right? That is proven from the beginning of time. But not only that, the word was with God, and it goes on to say, and the word was God. It takes a mature person to say, I can't live life based on what mom and daddy say. I got to know God for myself. It has to be personal. I got to work out my own deliverance. 
I got to secure my own prosperity. And when it doesn't become personal to you, you'll get yourself bound up in some situations. It's because you didn't seek the word for yourself. You were relying on what other people said, what your parents said, what your aunties and uncles said, but you didn't seek for yourself. And so you thought you could just get in this situation only to find that you were letting go of your own deliverance. You thought you could make a quick deal not knowing you were giving up true prosperity for that which is uh, temporary. A mature Christian, go ahead, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. And while you're turning, think about this. A mature Christian will say, I just can't obey God when mom and daddy is around or pastor around or ministers around or my husband or wife or children around, but I must obey God's word at all times. Philippians 2 and 12. Therefore, my beloved, if you always, have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Again, therefore, my beloved, if you have always obeyed, obeyed means to listen and conform to a command. You're doing what you hear, not as, hear from the written and revealed word of God, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out, accomplish, achieve, do what is needed to get the godly results your own salvation, your deliverance, your protection, your peace, and your prosperity with fear and trembling. A progressing family understands individually and collectively the importance of hearing and obeying God's written and revealed word. That's good stuff. That lets us know that everybody in that family got to work it out. You got to do whatever you have to do to keep your deliverance. Whatever you have to do to keep your protection, whatever you have to do, to, according to the word, that is, to keep your prosperity flowing. Trait number two, a progressing Christian family allows the Lord to make in them greatness. Going back to Genesis 12 and 2, we're listening in on his conversation that the Lord is having with Abram, a.k.a. head of household. He tells Abram this promise. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Remember, this is the word from the beginning. This is the word that was with God. This is the word that was God or is God. He tells him, he says, I am going to produce in you Abram greatness. So that takes some pressure off you right there now. Because you're not doing the greatness. God is doing the greatness. I am going to make you important. Brother Xavier, you don't have to worry about being distinguished. I'm going to do it for you. Just obey my word. Brother Craig, you don't have to worry about standing out or being important. Just just, just obey my word. I'm, I'm going to produce that in you. And we've heard the saying, and some of us have said it, you know, that, that the Harris family, they some good people. You know, they some good people. But when you read Genesis 12, you say, oh, no, no. They're some great people. How about that? They're some great people. The McCullers, they're some great people. They, they, they done topped over the good side. They done moved into greatness. Isn't that something? That's when you got to take that word and, and, and really process it and say, I ain't got to make myself great. I ain't got to make myself look important. I'm important. You know, I'm important. Not that I did, because God made that promise. He made that promise to Abram, and he made that promise to me. You've got to be a family. You can't help but to move forward when you do that. 
Every single member of your family can't have but to move forward when you begin to declare what the word of the Lord has said in their lives. Genesis 12 and 2, the second part. I will bless them. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So again, I will make, I will empower, I will look favorably upon you, prosper you, and make your name, your reputation, of course, great. Again, reputation, first of all, with God before we do man. God has to be number one. Then he's going to make it great, important, and prominent, and you shall be a blessing. Interesting word there is a source of blessing, of prosperity, and peace. People will be able to come to you and after minister, they, you minister to them, they'll have peace. Peace that passes all of a sudden. How you do it? How do it pass stuff? Because they're listening to the word that you're ministering to them. It's not you, but the word that you're giving to people. Have you ever talked to somebody and they say, oh, I feel so much better after talking to you? Well, don't take credit for that. Because they can get mad with you. In that same conversation. So you know it has to be God, all right? But you know that's so important, though, because just walking in that promise, he says, I'm going to bless you. I am going to look favorable on you. Because sometimes when you're dealing with world, the world, and sometimes you're dealing with the church, everybody don't want you to be blessed. And you get in your feelings and your emotions, and you be like, uh, I'm feeling some kind of way about you. And he's like, no, just don't, don't go there. You already know that the Lord say, I am going to bless you. And guess what? Don't worry about your reputation. When you say in my word, your reputation is going to be great. Mm, 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 mm. And you shall be a blessing. You know, when I, I remember first getting saved, I mean, it was all we could just to get a good Bible. Not to mention trying to keep the lights on. Not to mention trying to keep food on the table. And we needed a lot of blessing. I'm going to just be honest with you. That might be my heart, too, to help other people because I understood we just needed stuff. But to know that the Lord going to flip that thing around and said, not only are you going to be receiving blessing, but, honey, I'm going to put you on the other side. You're going to be a blessing. That changes your whole mindset. You're not just looking for a handout. You're looking for ways to be a blessing. You're looking for ways to be a source of prosperity for someone else. You can't help but to receive from God when you shift your mindset from wanting people to give to you to being the person to be the giver. Woo-wee. You can't be no giver. You ain't got nothing to give. He said, I'm going to be the source of prosperity. You ain't got to worry about that, Abram. I'm going to make your name great. I am going to bless you. Always remember this, that God will make a way for you to sow into somebody's life, though. You remember the widow woman? What do I have? No, you got what you need. So she had something to sow. Maybe not what she thought. But when she started sowing, that's when the increase began to come back into her life. So always keep that in mind. He says, I'm going to make your name great. In other words, your reputation is going to be important. You know how it is when you go somewhere and you start, people start introducing themselves. And you say, have you ever been, uh, you know, with somebody and say, you, you might not know me, but you know my father. Come on, Sister Brittany. You might not know me, but you know my mama. She worked in the hospital, so she be running things. And you go walk up and walk like, you might not know me, but you know a member of my church, Minister Valerie, right? So the reputation precedes the person. Isn't that something? 
God say, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make your reputation great. So you don't have to worry about going trying to knock in the door. Just show up at the door and smile. Get your look together. He said, because my name done already preceded you before you got there. Woo! Come knock on that door for that job interview. My name done already preceded you before you get there. Oh, Lord, I was looking for that bonus. My name is already preceded before you get there. I'm going to make your name great. Mm-mm-mm. Many of us heard a family that prays together stays together. How about a family that progresses together, blesses together? When we see a need, we're calling for our family members to help us meet that particular need. We need 100, mama give 25, daddy give 25, daughter give 25, son give 25, or whatever your case may be. And when you believe that when we as head of household allow the Lord to do the making, it will make our stress and anxiety level calm down. And let me say this, never, do not worry, as the scripture tells us. And remember, do not worry is a choice. It's a choice because we can get caught up in our responsibilities so much that we'll worry and listen, let faith, don't let faith do the work that it needs to do. Anybody see that? I I would have to say that's very, very powerful. And we have to pray because worry, anxiety, and stress is very, very real. And we can say we sit in here and shout and we can do our victory turn, but when you ain't around nobody and somebody knocking at your door, you have to pray for power that you don't begin to worry, that you don't begin to not trust God like you do. So that's, I commend you that you can stand and say you don't worry because then sometimes I might slip up and I had to call myself again like, girl, let's have a conversation. Who going to do this, you or God? Because sometimes you got to be able to have a conversation with yourself. Because it will creep up on you. But you have to be able to talk yourself back down and say, oh, wait, wait a minute. Now, you're going to do it or God going to do it. And then you feel yourself calming back down. So sometimes you have to know worry will come up. That's real. Anxiety and stress, it will come up. I think sometimes we don't deal with it. And we find we harbor it in our bodies and it begins to attack our bodies. But you have to understand, when it comes, you you, you got to deal with it. Straight number three. A progressing family understands that they operate in divine protection and prosperity. Genesis 12 and 3, in the latter part, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. Now think about this for a moment. God does not stop the action from taking place. But he does control the result. People can come to you, and this is what I found out to be true. We don't know nobody's heart, but God does. So I'm thinking somebody's come to be a blessing to me, but in the, listen, they give me something, but they give it with the wrong motive. I'm saying thank you. Ooh, this is so good. Hallelujah. Ooh, sha-ta-ta-ta. But in that reality, God said, they ain't doing that right. They got a different motive going on, and so I'm going to take care of that part for you. Y'all see that? Now, somebody we may not think is being a blessing because we don't deem it as a blessing. Oh, they're being a blessing to you. And so I'm going to bless them because they're being a blessing to you. You know how powerful you are as a family member about every time somebody blesses you, God says, I'm going to bless them. Oh, my goodness. It also helps us to be more eager to sow into each other's life. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm releasing my blessing when I bless you. Mm -hmm. He says, I will bless those who bless you. That's when you know you're blessed now. That ain't saying you're arrogant. 
It's not saying you prideful. That's just saying you know what the words say about you. He says, I will bless those who bless you. And guess what? I will curse those who curse you. Those that are trying to, that, 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 that are trying to get you to miss your blessing going to miss their blessing. Ooh. Those that are trying to get you to stumble are going to find themselves stumbling. You ain't got to do it. He said, you just step back. Let me be great. Let me do what I say. I mean, he's having such a conversation with Abram. That, that would have to let Abram just take him. Abram's name means elevated father. But that would just have to elevate your mind to a whole nother level. He said, all I need you to do is come out from among your family. I need you to get your head space right. I need you to let some of that old stuff go and hear what my word is saying to your life right yes. now. When we read scriptures like Genesis 12 and 3, it speaks to divine protection because only God has unlimited power to bless us in a way that it does not cause heartache or pain. Man can bless us, but it may or may not come with a price. It may cost us our family. It may cost us our integrity and even our faith in the one true God. The Lord blesses. He has already paid the price. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10, 22, help us to understand God's blessing. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. In other words, God's prosperity, you can expect to be rich. You can expect to be wealthy. And guess what? Ain't no grievance coming with it. Ain't no idolatry coming with it. Because you know, when you, when you work with your own hands to do it, you start idolizing the stuff that you get. You got you got a new house. You don't want nobody to sit on the front. You like what the front you made for? You got a new car. You don't want nobody to you know. Let me tell you about it. Quick story. We got our Durango. That was the first car we had ever had was a new car. So my kids they come up with all these hilarious stories. I don't know if they all true. Nah. But so one of them said, "Y'all know we don't eat ketchup." They bring them up too as adults. We don't eat ketchup. I said, "Why are they going with this?" Because you know there's a story behind. Well, you know, when we got that Durango, Mama would let us eat ketchup in the car. And so we just grew up not needing ketchup when we eat food now. Like, in other words, you scarred for life because of the Durango. But I had to learn about that. I was like, no, if God bless you with the car, he'll bless you with somebody to clean the car. He'll bless you to, to take care of the car. doesn't mean you shouldn't be a good steward of it. But I get so comical because that's mindset. The mindset is, y'all been in those houses where they have plastic all over everything, and you sweating because you sitting on there, and you don't work with your own hands to get that. Enjoy your blessing. Enjoy what God gives you. Don't be holding that outfit to your, you know, whatever that event comes. You might not get to that event. Wear your clothes. Wear your shoes. Use those dishes. Whatever the Lord has blessed you with, enjoy it. Because the Lord bless you. And if he bless you with that, he'll bless you with more. I ate in the car, so I don't know. <laughs> he didn't ketchup, rolls. ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise. <laughs> and he drops it even now, but that's besides the point. And drops stuff between the seats, amen. We can all see I'm the sorry. key to receiving God's blessing in, Genesis, in Joshua 1 and 8. Go to Joshua 1 and 8 real quick. Pastor, will you read that? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good 
success. That's so powerful. Amen. Because that divine blessing and the divine prosperity and protection, it lets us know how we get it. He says, do the book of the law, this word. Mm-hmm. Don't let it depart from your mouth. In other words, I want you to meditate on it. I want you to be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You waking up at night, think about other stuff, start thinking about the word. Yep. Ponder on it. Speak it. Talk it. Act it. Share it. He said, in it, it, it should be on you day and night. That means you don't have no downtime. I know we're human, but ultimately he's saying that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. But then notice who's going to make your way prosper. You will make your way prosperous. Hmm. You're going to begin to advance. You're going to begin to make progress. You're going to be, begin to experience prosperity. And you will have good success. So you can come and hear the word, but if you don't put that word back in your heart, that's why these sermon notes are so powerful because that's a quick, you got the scriptures, even I know, you know, a lot of times when we're editing those notes, I like put the whole scripture there. Because I don't want no misinterpretation or miss a word or something. Put the whole scripture, because the scripture was going to change your life. But if you just pick that up and meditate on it, he said, you're going to do it. You're going to make your way prosper. You're going to start, you'll see yourself making progress, experiencing prosperity. And guess what? And then you will have good success. Insight is going to begin to drop on you. Wisdom. Prosperity. Why? Because you in the word. There ain't nothing nobody else doing. His, it's his promise that it's going to happen. But really and truly, you chose to be in his word. All right. Three traits that a family, uh, Christ, a family is progressing as a family. One, a progressing family hears and obeys the voice of the Lord and is written and revealed word. Two, a progressing family allows the Lord to make in them greatness. And three, a progressing family understands they operate in divine protection and prosperity. A progressing family is not a perfect family, but they strive to hear and obey God's written and revealed word, allow God to make them great, and understand that they operate in divine protection and prosperity. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.